Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Welcome to Nash Night, a podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Fernandes Zen. I am Christopher Jawardna. And we're here with two of our winners are missing. He's right in the middle of the pack of the second season of Laverne Shirley. It was directed by Howard Storm and written by Bob Sand and Bo Kral, who happens to play Officer Norman Hughes in this episode and in multiple other episodes. He also worked as a season one and two story editor. And I bet you get some facts about them, don't you, Chris? Yeah, I got a little bit about Bob Sand here. Um, the, the Bob Sand uh, co-writer here now... Uh, Bo worked on uh, an episode of uh, Welcome Back, uh, Welcome Back, Cotter, as well as the Carol Burnett Show. Meanwhile, Bob Sand ended up doing 51 episodes of writing on Ma- Madam's Place in 1982, and would go on to work on uh, kind of a little bit, kind of an episode here or there, three episodes of Full House, bit of Good Company, George and Leo, um, and kind of taper off as the 2000s began. So about 20 years he's been out of the game. And, uh, and yeah, Bo, most obviously we know as Norm from uh, earlier episodes. And this is one of two episodes that he has, uh, he has writing credit on as well. And, uh, and we will hopefully be uh, getting to see a little more of him in the future. Howard Storm has been, uh, this is, I think, another nice little bit of consistency for him for this particular season. He worked on uh, as well, Rhoda and Doc before this, and would end up going on to work on other shows such as Best in the West and uh, another three episodes of Full House, which makes me kind of wonder if him and Bob Sand were buddies. And then worked on shows like Valerie, Sugar and Spice, Good Grief, Major Dad, my goodness. And then lastly, at the end of his career, he before retiring, he did four episodes of Keenan and Kel, which seems incredibly fitting that that was one of my favorite sitcoms when I was a kid. And now I am watching one of the other sitcoms he worked on, which is becoming a favorite sitcom as an adult. Yes. Yeah. If you really think about it, if you really sit down and think about it, the Nick Kongs... And the Disney comms of the zeros and the tens kind of really inherited the mantle of like all those 90s sitcoms, which inherited the mantle of those 80s sitcoms like Perfect Strangers and everything. And those that, those particular shows inherited the mantle from Laverne Shirley mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. In a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And of course, the girls you know, get that mantle down from Lucy. But yeah. Yeah, because even, even though. Like Happy Days was obviously the tropes, I think, for like plots, as were other shows like Dave Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore. I think that the 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 hijinks and Sue factor of Laverne and Shirley became very distinctive. It's something that I'm I've of all the you know old timey shows I've seen, it's the one that seems to have been, especially given that it was very popular in its day, the most influ- one of the most influential on the more modern sitcoms, and particularly ones that and the ones for kids that had a lot more physical comedy and a lot more action involved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's such an obvious parallel uh, between Sam and Cat, which starred Ariana Grande, uh, like I'm going to say like five years ago or so, that the, that Cindy and Penny uh, guest starred on the episode oh. and reunited. Yeah. It was the last time they acted together, except uh, for the Gary Marshall tribute episode of The Odd Couple, where they both appear in it, but they don't appear together and they don't spend time together on the sharing scenes. So, that's mm. that's an interesting torch passing, I thought. That was really nice. So, anyway, um, yeah, the yeah. episode Two of Our Weirdos Are Missing. What, what, what pray tell, happens yeah. in this here episode? One evening, Lenny and Squiggy come to Laverne Shirley with fully troubled minds. 
and it offered to attend the circus together. The girls brushed them off for what proves to be a disgusting evening, at least in Laverne's opinion, riding around town in Rosie Greenbaum's new Cadillac. Shirley awakens the next morning to a note scrawled on a paper bag left behind the boys' apartment announcing that they are going where the living is easy and the cotton is high, and they have run off with the Zimmerman's circus. A frantic search causes the girls to realize the boys are in trouble at work and with Carmine, Edna, and Frank. On the verge of losing their jobs and behind the rent, the boys were under pressure from all sides and the girls refusing to listen to them was the icing on the cake. The Verge's erstwhile cop boyfriend, Norman Hughes, manages to track Lenny and Squiggy down at the circus, where they're angling for jobs and planning to move out once the circus leaves town. Can the girls convince the boys to stay in town? What do think of this episode? Hmm. Well. To see, the, the thing about this episode is that it's really quite good. Uh, I thought it was quite amusing, and uh, I thought the dialogue was quite fantastic. And uh, the more seriously speaking, though, it's it's an adorable Lenny and Squiggy episode, which to me I, yeah. I find is a winner um, in that regard. And you know, usually those ones work really well for me, especially through this uh, this particular season so far has worked really well. Um, yeah, I love the details of their characters, like the the things that they did to get them in trouble. And it's even set up so well, like immediately when Rosie comes into their apartment and um, and then and she's like, Lenny, it's squeaky. You mean the, the, they, the ones who shellacked my ponytail? And it's like, <gasps> whoa, like, you know, that's yeah, that's that's hardcore pranking. I mean, this is these are the yeah. kind of folks that they do that kind of stuff with. And the uh, um, and, you know, even just like just how callous and, you know, kind of like and they 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 definitely do not look before they leap. When immediately yep. it's, you know, it's like, you mean the Rosie Greenbaum from the high school? Yeah. Is she still fat? <laughs> yeah. yeah! <laughs> and so it's, um, uh, you know, so I, I love those details in there. And, and I yeah. thought it was cool that it's another, it's one of those episodes of a show where you have the character, the kind of the MacGuffin of the episodes discussed a lot. Yeah. And then when you get to see them, they get to have their own bit. The vaudevillian circus act they're putting together and the way it's falling apart in a very vaudevillian way is is yeah. one of the biggest highlights of this episode. It, I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. I love this one, too, uh, for a lot of reasons, for the character dynamics, the boys and the girls, uh, the girls sticking up for the boys in spite of themselves, in spite of the fact that they totally disgust them in a lot of ways and drive them crazy in a lot of ways. That these are their friends that have become their friends, and they will stick their necks out to, to, to their parents, to their boyfriend, quasi boyfriend, I suppose. God knows what's going on with Shirley and Carmine, mm-hmm. and and with even at work, which is saying something, because you know how mm-hmm. much strife mm-hmm. they go through at work in a lot of ways. The fact that they stick up for each other is really nice, mm-hmm. and the boys just being. Now, it's so miserable, and so miserable they can't even articulate it. Yep. But they turn to the girls for help. So they've kind of got, like, a tiny little family within the ensemble cast that makes up the broader family. It's kind of like tight, four-way relationship where they're going to look out for each other, even as they prank each other, even as they uh, tease each other. Even as they say things like, you know, you're playing and all that jazz and you're disgusting. Did you give me a rash? But this is still their friends. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, a darn, it's a darn good little episode for a lot of reasons. For a whole yep. lot of reasons. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's it's got great one-liners, you know. They, I ain't crying. My nose is sweating. You know, it's it's so good. And the uh, the bit about you know, Squeaky always wanted to be a clown. I have a little red ball on my nose. Have some dignity for a change. You know, Get it's some it's dignity for a change. Uh, and uh, oh. and the you know, bury our wounds and cookies. I was gonna make a yeah. do a, a gag about that on the podcast, but I didn't like have anything that would make a <laughs> believable sound effect in here. Like, I could have like used my it was like a like a pillow or uh, some pieces of paper or something. I was uh, gonna say try to rip off the sound effect from the Dick Van Dyke show when they had all those nuts falling down. Yeah. The oh god, the walnut episode. Go. I love that walnut one. Walnut episode. Me too. Yeah. Oh, that also come. Yeah. Beautiful but, show. Great show. And I and even just the the uh, I lo- and I I. <laughs> I love how it's pretty clear that it's Shirley that that puts it as they run away, not that it's yes. on. It's not on the paper. They actually said run away. It's so cute. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of little character touches that happen in the dialogue in this episode that just make it super cute and super enjoyable. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we learned that the boys tried to be hobos once. They got as far as the corner and they ran back home. Oh, it's so cute. During winter. So dumb. It's so yeah. dumb and it's so cute. Mm-hmm. Um. I loved the little revelation of all the little high school dynamics that are still there in spite of themselves. Like, yeah. Laverne can't, still can't stand Rosie. The boys still think of Rosie as, oh, is she still fat? Is she still that person that we we're still making fun of? And Rosie still wants revenge for having her ponytail shellacked, mm-hmm. which I think was great. Um, like I said before, uh, as much... And, and as much as the girls stick up for each other, them sticking up for the boys is a nice touch. And so kind of like the first time it really, really happens where they stick up for them. Because before, the boys are kind of like outside agitators to them. They're not their friends. They're these guys they went through high school with. These guys they went to school with. It's all actually school. started in elementary school. Um, oh, wow. They've known since they were at least six. And, you know, they come to think of them as outside and they're just getting closer and closer and becoming friendlier. And they're still, like, you know, repulsed by them. But on the other hand, they know them. On the other hand, they're their, they're their friends. Right. So. Yeah, I feel like this is an episode that really illustrates that well. That it's like they've, they really, because yeah. they really go out on a limb at the end. You know, they're going to help them out a bit with the money. They're going to talk to their, their yeah. friends and family about like how to, you know, try to get, basically how to yeah. get them out of trouble. They, they did, they yeah. go, they do a lot for them. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I, I, I think what's kind of nice about it is that it, it, there are times with when it comes to that type of help that you offer somebody you know, there's conditional and unconditional. And I feel like this is kind of that sweet spot in the middle where it's like a friend, I'm going to do this because you're my friend, which is somewhat conditional. Um, but also that it's like, well, nobody deserves to have that bad of a day, you know, yeah. where, you know, where you're drowning in your own tears, you know, yeah. and, uh, yeah. you know, and, and, and have wounds buried in cookies and, and so yeah. forth. Yeah. Well, they smash a truck into a loading dock. Which, they trade Carmine's record in. Yep. Uh, they screwed Edna on the rent, and they damaged the pizza bowl because they're always damaging the pizza bowl. I'm still amazed. Frank, Frank only paid Squiggy not to date Laverne. There is this problem. <laughs> they say that so. Wait, yes, that whoa, comes up. Whoa. That's right. That's right. It happens in season three. Okay. Wow. Did I just <laughs> did coming. I just have a massive spoiler dropped on me? <laughs> no, he paid her not. He, he paid Squiggy not to date her ever. Wow. Like she could just like have to thank my pop for that one. God. 
I guess he never paid Lenny anything. Either he likes him better because, man, that doesn't happen there. We also learn here that Squiggy actually keeps live moths. Before, they were dead moths. Now he's breeding mm -hmm. live moths in his apartment. Mm -hmm. He asks Shirley to feed them for him. I thought that was... We got a revelation in a couple of episodes about what moths mean to him. Mm. Mm, that's right. As we, as Michael once put it, I'm going like, quasi-quote him here. We, it's the sad in the middle of the funny. And um, mm -hmm. for Squiggy, that's definitely it. Uh, his layers will come off. Lenny's layers will come off. But this is the first time we go, wow, he's taking care of living creatures. He's taking care of tiny baby moths. And he makes sure that Shirley takes care of them. I thought that was a nice little detail. This episode is full of nice little details that are hilarious and yet sweet. It kind of like a little poignant, a little bit. Oh, certainly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it even comes back to even some an interesting detail that kind of is sort of a, a necessary setup for, for later is, you know, when I was rewatching this uh, this episode, my mother brought up an interesting question when watching this, which is... Um, why is Rosie still spending time with them? And why did she invite them out? I mean, obviously it could be just like, it's, you know, it's to her, it's charity. It's my good, you know, good deed for the week or something like that. But it's, uh, but that's kind of the thing is like, the, as you were saying, there's like this weird, like there's a dynamic and almost like a camaraderie that, you know, is kind of there, like a connection that even if we don't always get along, if they're a nuisance and you annoy, you fight or you scuffle, but that you're there, you're part of something special. Like there is a connection there. And yeah, and like th those elements going you know, to come through. I mean, especially like I even love the delivery of the line when they find them at the circus at the conclusion of we've been looking all over for you. It's said with a very warm, I'm happy to see you. It's not judgmental. It's, it's, it's a, it's a very sweet yeah. sense of worry that yeah. in the delivery. Oh yeah. There's something one that did. You can see the friendship. The friendship is percolating. The friendship is cooking, so to speak. Yeah. That's what I got to say. It's really nice. It's really, really nice. This episode is so funny for multiple reasons. Like, it's, a little, it's the big things, like Squiggy blowing his nose, throwing the tissue into Laverne's purse, <laughs> and just continuing out this story while she has a complete face journey of utter horror. <laughs> and then this has happened. Oh. And she's, yet she's trying to be patient and listen to him, yet she's totally disgusted and wants to punch him in the face. And it's so great. Right. It's just so right. great. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's my favorite example of uh, of uh, little get in this episode. Yep. Yeah, there's a, there's an excellent energy throughout that I think carries in the way that every everything just kind of feels a little infused with a special something. It's the facial expressions. I love the energy in the wake up scene the following day when they've run away, and it's it's like Laverne, yeah. wake up, wake up, and and Laverne's like, it's like call the brewery. I'm late. I know. I I'm I'm on the way. You know, and uh uh, and then it's like no 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 no. It's Saturday. It's like why did you wake me up? And she looks at the clock. It's not even time for Sky King. You know, and. Yeah. It's like those little sweet little cute moments like just happen throughout and you know and yeah. then the oh yeah and like uh, you know we we're talking about the moths I love that it's like it's uh, don't forget and please feed my moths and Cheryl immediately goes I did that and it's it's like of course yeah. it's like of course you did it's definitely something she would do and yep. it's definitely a favor that he knew she would do for him which mm -hmm. I think is sweet yeah. yep. And then the, uh, you know, the bit with, you know, with Frank, you know, and the, the, that's yeah. like, I'm not your father, I'm a janitor, you know, and that's great. <laughs> Me for your muffin, for your little muffin, please. Oh, gosh, she milks it so good. I love it. I, I love know. It. I love everything about that scene. This is the first time 
Norman kind of comes into the apartment and uh, sees the girls sort of in their natural habitat with their friends around them and their family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the first time he meets Frank under the worst possible circumstances. And Frank mm-hmm. is not here for meeting Norman, even though Norman's trying to get an impression on the father of this woman he likes. And it's great. Um, Edna taking no crap from him. Mm-hmm. I get your badge number, Charlie. My name's <laughs> Officer Hughes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And then Carmine telling him not to touch him. <laughs> oh, most of Carmine's fashion sense. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Uh, yeah, the glory, glory, Edna, Edna is just glorious here. I, I it's just, yes. and, and, and the scene and Frank's great. The timing is everything in this episode in general. But yeah, it's just it's it's so good. Yeah. You know, Edna's amazing. Even Carmine gets a great moment here. And this is one of the few times where I I, I don't have anything bad to say about Carmine because I totally understand what he's upset about. I get it, man. It's yeah. not that ain't that ain't good. I've had that happen to me. I've had people, you know, borrow stuff either and never return it or sell it or something. I've had that. Yeah, gotten the trouble you can't for it. Stand there humming. Oh, God. It's awful. Yeah. You can't stand there humming all day. And the boys doing that without thinking is very much them and very some of their self-centered worst. Right. Which right. is like, they can, they have their good side and they have their bad side. And this is, that's them at their classic worst. They do way worse things actually coming up. But yes. Yep. Um, I mean, I... It makes you. It makes you agree with you know the ring, the uh, circus leader ringleader. You know has got the policy. The second policy: fire the stupid. Yes. Yeah, hire the unusual, fire the stupid, which is a great line. Great, great line. Um, I love that Shirley has this absolute faith in Dirk Sampson. Dirk Sampson is going to call her. Dirk Sampson is going to call her, and he does, and he has call her, and they go on a date, and he's head over heels for her, and it's really, it's a really fun little. Tiny little subplot that just goes all the way through the episode. It's really fun. Yep, I love the the payoff of that is is really cute, and that's actually one of the things I I enjoy. Is I mean, I love the. Uh, it must my note here that describes it. Yeah, well played, Shirley. It's like a little cold, and yeah. then she warms it up to him, and it takes him off guard. And as I keep saying, Shirley is about control, and yes. she totally pulls the rug out from under him, takes control of the situation. And I, I love that he's even kind of like stumbling up the stairs, you know, like she yeah. just knocks him off his feet, you know? Yeah. I, I love that. And, I, and and even, you know, her response when, is he a good kisser? It's like, well, he's a pro, isn't he? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a great line. A fabulous line. It's perfect. It's a perfect line. And just like, yeah. To, to follow up on that is is how, you know, you get to see their expressions of romance and sexuality with the two girls in this episode with the way Shirley does it there and also the way that Laverne does it with Norman. My God, that scene just kills yeah. me. And especially, yeah. you know, it just escalates. It's like one it's like one kiss. All right, five minutes. Another kiss. All right, ten minutes. And then the whisper. And he's like, yeah. I'll, I'll be here when you get back. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Yeah, uh, there's the, this running joke in the fandom that these girls have to be dynamite kissers to get all these guys to do basically anything in the world for them but kiss. And that's, you know. Well, you know, the, the Fonz probably trained them well. Hey. Oh, yeah. That's the Fonz. <laughs> I can remember. It's him saying Laverne has the best L's in town now, really. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's from um, the upcoming. I think that's from Trotgun Wedding, I think. Well, I was just gonna. I was just moving on to the uh, the boys getting to actually see them at the circus. Yeah. Yes, that's great. 
there are so many classic lines, especially from Squiggy in this particular scene. Like, boys and girls and children of all religions. And mm-hmm. there's a lot. There's a lot. And then, then Lenny reminds me he's a sad clown. He goes, oh, boys and girls, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Like, and then what's yeah. happening? He's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> the way David delivers that line is so perfect. I always say that he was massively underrated in this show. He is so mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. He is so he embodies Squiggy so thoroughly and so constantly throughout the uh, show's run, and his timing is excellent. And his delivery is excellent, and he's just, you know, he's so much fun to watch, and this is an absolutely excellent example of that. Agreed. Yeah. And I, their whole bit, the two of, getting to see these two guys get to do a bit, I mean, this shows you why Lenny and Squiggy were such strong characters. They needed, you know, they needed to be in the show. They, they balance out the yeah. show. They work with the show really well, and they also, like, you understand why they wanted to spin them off because they're so good yeah. together as, as, as a duo. I mean, the whole yes. juggling act is great. It's so vaudevillian with, it's like, you know, it's like, all right, you're going to, all right. And you yeah. need to, uh, feed, feed me the rest of the oranges. It's like, you want them peeled? Yeah. And it's like, no, no, it's just, a, it's a juggling <laughs> term. I just want you to toss them to me. And, uh, and they just, it just chucks the whole basket at him. It's well, like, oh, well then, you know, it's, I mean that, that tiny time. time dummy. Dummy. So good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. It's 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 so uh, good, yeah, and and it's a it, the timing is amazing that bit, and to the point that it's like you can tell yeah. like they were hamming it up for the audience, uh, the live audience for the show really well. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael must have written down juggling on his list of talents uh, mm. for Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall had everybody in the cast write their talents down, and then he said, "I'm going to have the writers weave these into episodes, so you can do these things." Because I know you can do these things. Well, they like, can do these things. And he must have written down juggling because he juggles twice in the season. Oh. It's coming up later. Oh. It's coming up later in the uh, season. And we will get there soon. Cool. I that was a funny little detail. Um, I, there's some, I love the bit where the girls impersonate the boys. They're asked to describe them. Oh, yeah. They go, they, yeah, they go, what am I, a little hair worm going down here? And they go, yeah. <laughs> Lenny surely impersonates the way Lenny bites his hand is hilarious. It's so it's me. it's perfect, especially because she gets the uh the, she gets the eyeball just right too. Yes, yes, yeah, and she does that later. She gets to do that again in season four. Oh, good, good, good. And it's great the way we do the disgusting. Mm, always do. No, sure. I think I've outgrown that. Future, future, future spoilers. Oh dear. Oh future boy. Future spoilers for a good episode. Um The show's Aesop is really, really nice. In that it says Pay attention to people when they are in pain, listen to them. Or the situation will get more ridiculous. Because ultimately Shirley gets her golf pro, but Laverne might as well have, like, stayed home. She got stuck ankle knee-deep in mud, jacking up Rosie's car, changed her tire, mm-hmm. and that's all mm-hmm. she got out of that evening. So mm-hmm. really, she could have stayed home with the boys, listened to them, and gone to the circus with them. 
and Chili could have gone with Rosie and they both would have been happy. But yep. yeah, that shows the lesson is listen to the people around you when they're in pain. It was really well delivered Aesop. We talked about how awkward last episode's Aesop was. This one's perfectly delivered. Yep. Yeah, it, it lands it lands where it's delivered. got to. Yeah. Yeah. Dead yeah. on delivery. You care about your friends, you listen to them, you help them. It's mm-hmm. just that simple. When that the show keeps simple. it simple, it's perfect. Yep. Agreed. Speaking of keeping things simple, I uh, I forgot to mention the uh, the actor playing the circus leader. Mm-hmm. That was Carl Ballantyne, who was uh, one of the main uh, regulars on McHale's Navy. In the ah, 60- yeah! Yeah, I didn't know that. So, uh, so that's just a quick uh, bit of trivia. He is fantastic with the one scene that he gets. He is... Um, yeah. He is he is absolutely hysterical. His delivery is great. His he's very he also helps introduce that their version of the circus is going to be very big and broad in vaudeville. So it helps build up yeah. with where the boys get to go in their segment of yeah. you know just a few minutes later. Um, it's it's pretty good and uh, yeah, he's quite a, it's you know, it's good to get you know get some some TV you know TV legend you know in there um, to uh, to make you know make it happen make a make a good time of things. Yeah. yeah. They got. They called in a lot of different uh, legends for for show business. Like we had that uh, choreographer do direct an episode mm-hmm. season one, and we have a lot of Hollywood legends who bop in and bop out of the show, and it's really nice. And it's kind of kind of bestows a little a bit of royalty upon the show in a way. The one thing that stands out for me in this episode, though, is that the girls are so excited to go joyriding in the next Cadillac. They have their own car. And the show kind of, like, conveniently forgets they don't have a car. And then they remember they have a car, and they forget they have a car. I thought it was interesting, just because it was a Cadillac. I don't know. But, yeah. Especially because it's Rosie's Cadillac. But I thought it was interesting. They were so interested in yeah, well, surely was to be in this car when they have their own car. Yes, I mean it's a it's a case of that uh, at least. Yeah, okay, so from my perspective, you know, with the people that I know, yes. I, I I the folks that I know that are of the generation of folks that yeah, basically people who grew up in the fifties and sixties. A lot of them have their story of getting to drive in an old fifties Cadillac, and these were smooth rides for comfort, the feel compared to all the other cars that were out there. So it's an interesting, as you pointed out, it's an interesting detail about like the the sense of luxury, the sense of getting to be glam, to be dressed up, and you know, and trying to you know, and it, it seems like it's very much like, again, in 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 Shirley's head, I think it's like the thought of like, oh oh, I can get the doctor, oh I can get the golfer, oh I can get the somebody, you know, yeah. to get the, you know, get the get the get that ring from that good that good guy, that that upscale yeah. guy, the college graduate. Yeah, the picket fence, the babies. Yeah. That's a dream. That's a good point. That's a good point that I was thinking about. Deliver doesn't matter. Plus, it's Rosie, and that's why she is. Her reaction is the way her reaction is. Yeah. I was only gonna say that I really love Rose's dress in this episode. It's really pretty. I was gonna give a special lo- shout to costume. Yes. 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 Costume design in this episode was really good. Surprisingly, this was not the episode where they were nominated for costume winnings. It shocked me. Hmm. Because the costumes in this one are really, really nice. Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, even the clown outfit at the end is is great. Yeah. And the, uh, the yes. And the kind of lightning uh, juggler outfit. I mean, yeah, it's it's yeah. got some great great looks in this show, and in this episode particularly, yeah. is really good. But I was just actually going to say about Rosie herself is just God. She, Carol, did an amazing job in this in this episode. It feels a little more yes. like I think there's a little zap, a little zing. Um, I think Howard Storm had been able to direct her already as the character, but it it definitely shows a little a little extra oomph in there um yeah. like that line yeah you, you gotta advertise a little bit put the goods in the window okay. you know <laughs> and, and and laverne's comeback is is amazing uh, everything about that scene is brilliant like caroline white is so good she's amazing and her performance is stellar consistently stellar throughout the series so mm -hmm. yeah this is one a more example of how great she is, how great she is in the show. Yeah, it's still just, it just asks the question though, is like, you know, the, it's like, I felt like, cause I know we're going to get there, that there's something kind of coming up. That's almost like a payoff to this as to why is Rosie continuing to spend time with them? Why, why did she invite yeah. them? That was a question my mother asked, you know, since we have to cover fan questions, my mother asked this question. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's kind of like, I guess I, I told her my answer was like, it's kind of a payoff coming up. I don't want to say what it is, but it's like, I, like there's sort of a, there's sort of a re like, if not a reason, there's an inferred reason, you know, yeah. that you, that you kind of feel. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, it's kind of like sandbox love. Sandbox love is why the boys have been hanging out since even before they knew the girls, apparently, because when Lenny does an impression for Squeaky's father of how he used to come over and ask him to play. He's very, 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 very tiny, like a, roughly around three or four. Mm. So he probably knew him since kindergarten or so. Mm -hmm. And then the girls came in first grade and then they went through school with each other. And that's how they know, all know each other. So that confers a sense of loyalty that is very interesting, I thought. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it, it, that's kind of the interesting you know as we we're talking about dynamics is like you have the two pairs of Laverne and Shirley Lenny and Squiggy and that's one yeah. particular bond and core you have the four of them as another core where there's almost these kind of these cross sections yeah. you have yeah. their kind of main friends group which is like say Carmine and Edna and Pop and um, and then past that is then kind of the other tertiary characters such as um, such as Rosie as one example um yeah. lucille to an extent although i haven't seen her really interact with the others yet uh norman yeah. would i think would fall into that category as well yeah. like the, kind of the regulars so this is, it's just interesting you know yeah. you can see kind of the dynamic of kind of the cast listing i guess in many ways you're seeing the the call sheet dynamic as you're going through um but uh yeah this is one that i felt i agree i think kind of illustrates a little bit of like there's there's a little more layering going on there's a sense of like you can feel the bond which is so tight yeah, because there these people are present in your life at major turning points. You know, yeah, when you move from one level of school to the other, or they're there when there's a divorce, or they're there when there's an abusive situation. You know, if there was any childhood injuries, and they all remember, you know, at school telling each other about it. Um, yeah, you know, going to dances together in high school, or you know, the, those all those facets, and they also know about each other through other people, and they talk to each other about the other people. You know, be able to tell yeah. the stories, you know, I mean, like Carmine heard from Rosie about, you know, some one of the girls being in trouble and look before you leave. Yeah. And like that's that's an interesting, interesting thought that Carmine would first of all, would give her the time of day to speak to her at all or listen yeah. to what she's saying. And of course, when he hears obviously what it was, you know, he takes much more attention. Yeah. To it. But, yeah. but anyway, it, it's just I, it's absolutely fascinating. 
Yes, it is honestly. It honestly is. I love how we're kind of thrust into this dynamic anyway. We uh, don't you know, get to see them as kids, really tiny kids. We get to see them as teenagers at one point. But the dynamic is just there. It's well understood and it's well formed, even though we're kind of like thrown into their lives in their 20s. And just, mm. and that's, how, that's one of the reasons why I enjoy episodes like this so much. Because it's just a perfect little encapsulation of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Totally. It really is. I think that's it for this particular. Oh well, oh, we got to rank it. You got to rank it though. Yeah. What? What? So you go ahead first. I. I. I like to. I like to hear your ranking first. That's a solid nine for me. There's a lot of great stuff in this episode. A lot of great stuff. Is everything? Everything from the girls kind of teaming up and realizing, okay, we got to save the boys, even though the boys drive us crazy. Let's go save the boys. The boys being themselves and being impossible yet vulnerable. Uh, everybody gets a good moment, all the supporting characters. A lot of great rosy stuff here. The circus setting is used pretty well. I could have done without the girls getting mashed by six clowns in the trailer. Uh, <laughs> the one, yeah. The only part I didn't like. It's the only part I didn't like. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's that, I, I think it was that reason for me to take it down to like a 8.5, kind of a 9, yeah. but a 8.5 for yeah. me. But yeah, no, I, I love the stuff that works in this so well. The, the character stuff, like this is one of those like definitive episodes that you could probably like, like if I was to make a Laverne and Shirley inspired story or movie, this is one of the episodes I would actually study regularly to get all the character yeah. stuff about them down. But just leave yeah. out the whole circus performer, yeah. you know, attempted gang mashing. Yeah. That's the best. That is the worst part of the episode. The show's weird relationship with rape culture is weird. I don't want to say it's weird. It's just typical of the 70s. It's typical of the vaudeville stuff. It's typical of the 70s. We didn't examine the stuff till later, culturally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were just, you know, we were still in the rape is romance era. Uh, Luke and Laura were uh, becoming a huge thing around the same time period and that was like you know right turns into romance and then they dealt with it in the 90s and they had time to step back and go whoops yep and so we get this stuff a lot not i say a lot we get this stuff in the show and it's unfortunate and it's its worst possible part of the show most of the time but mm-hmm. yeah so there's other stuff in the episode that always either but you usually makes it worthwhile, and you gotta remember that this is the unfortunate error that we are stuck in, in right. a lot of ways. Yeah, it's it's you know, I mean, I've brought this up before. You know, I'm I'm a fan of like grindhouse movies. I mean, at the time I'm actually recording this, I'm actually still prepping to do a podcast on a horror, uh, beyond a horror podcast. We're going to talk about Italian cannibal movies, which actually had like yeah. real animal violence in it. And it's like you know, these are the parts of the past of the history that you just kind of have to understand. I guess you have to understand it. You have to, and you have to decide how much you're willing to accept. And so it'll be interesting to kind of see it from our audience, you know, over time, like is things like this, especially as it's become a consistent trope within the show for anyone else. That's also going through a long with, like say with me as a first timer to the show, if this ends up bucking anyone away from it, because you know, there's, there's some, some material you just, it's, it's really hard to go back to because of that content. Yeah. I always warn people about this in this episode. This is unfortunate. Uh, there's three episodes where it's like played for laughs and it's not good. And 
It's a nightmare. And, you know, the show has a lot of beautiful feminist moments in it. The show has a lot of, like, like very early uh, girls, you don't have to marry this guy because your father wants you to get married. And yet it uh, also plays into the, I will get married, I have to get married, I need to get married. Mm. It's kind of caught between wanting to make this strong feminist statement about being single and loving it and having a hell of a fun time with your best friend and not giving a damn about you know, marriage and the future and all that stuff. And I must have baby. I must get married. Mm-hmm. It's just like the show kind of sometimes pulls us apart in those direct, those two opposing directions. Right. And it depends on the episode. And uh, there's a whole episode where they say, hey, you know, this is bad. Don't do this. And yet it keeps happening in the show. It right. It keeps happening. Right. And so, you know, because it's like, you know, is it a step forward? Is it a step back or two steps forward, one step back or what have you? It feels like it just it's diagonal, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a trapezoid. Yeah. <laughs> there you it's go. Boxed up. Just go around the square, around the square. But yeah, I mean, it's still it's I mean, this episode, that all being said, it's it's a it's a fun episode. There's wonderful bits about it um hopefully folks take a look and check it out i mean obviously it was definitely one of the ones we got to enjoy going through given how long we've been talking about it this is a little longer than yes. our usual episodes now so this is just good stuff we 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 greatly enjoy these and uh it's always good to see the little bits of you know La- laverne and shirley getting along with lenny and squiggy they're they're a wonderful yeah. couple of pa- do like a double duo which is a wonderful yeah. dynamic to see and you really get to see it in action here it's really cute yes definitely definitely Pick up this episode. It's a great little episode. If you want, you're starting out the show. This is actually a pretty good bottle episode. We got another pretty good uh, episode coming up that's a really nails the dynamics of the whole cast and the whole show. Mm. And that's coming up pretty soon. Yeah, I think I know which yes. one you're. Ta- I might know which one you're talking yes. about. Yes, yes, yes. It's not the one coming up next, but it's coming up. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> And with that, I guess, thank you everyone again for so much for joining us. And it's always good to have you along, especially for a journey like this one. If you'd like to know more, if you'd like to keep in touch with us on social media, we can be found at Night After Night PC on Twitter, or we can also be found at Night After Night Pod on places such as Facebook and Tumblr. Uh, we also have a Patreon that will uh, that also has got some nice little incentives there. And we also have our WordPress if you would like to uh, find alternate ways to want, listen to this episode. We mostly put these up through Anchor, but we also have um, we also have these episodes up through different services as such as YouTube and uh, Apple Podcasts and uh, MP3 downloads off the web off the WordPress site and stuff like that. So yeah, um, I think that's the main going to be the main thing from us. Well, yeah. Is, is there any other any other sign-off message? Any other last little comments? Oh, I do have one, which is from towards the end of my notes. I love the uh, there's that line of uh, uh, when Squiggy Squiggy and, and and Lenny are thanking them, and it's like on behalf of Lenny and myself, and he's yeah. his hand his hand gesture is that the, yes. the is 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 on the wrong person. Yeah, he's yeah. emphasizing. He points himself when he says Lenny, and he points to Lenny when he says himself, and smacks him right in the chest. Yeah. <laughs> And just winces and yeah, yeah. That, that just another example. Then he then he sends Lenny to go hug the girls. He right. makes Lenny go hug the girls because he's not good at the emotional stuff. So he goes and makes Lenny hug the girls, and neither of them wants to be hugged by him. 
That'll change as time goes on. <laughs> That'll change as time goes on. Yeah. Because there, there is plenty of hugging that's coming up. There's plenty of hugging that's coming yeah. up. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. stop being afraid of hugging. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's all this week. Excellent. And I guess, you know, with that nice little uplifting message, we, we sign off by saying, you know, go hug it out, everybody. I mean, actually, no, wait, what am I saying? We're still in the pandemic. Uh, hug at a safe social distance of six feet. Wave at a, wave at a respectable distance to your friends, folks. Goodbye. Goodbye.